Welcome to a new episode of the Lighthouse Victory Temple Church Podcast. Let's join Pastor Strickland as he shares another life-changing message. into the house of the Lord. Are you glad this morning? Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord? Praise God. We are learning from the book of Haggai this morning, our Sunday school lesson, talking about the children of Israel, how that they had neglected the house of God in repair. Praise the Lord. While they sit at home in their own silly houses. And that's where a lot of folks at today in their own comfort of their own homes and in convenience. But when it comes to the house of God, David said, I was glad when they said unto me, Oh, come, let us go to the house of God. Because in the house of God is where the beauty of his holiness. Amen. Huh? In the house of God is where the presence of God is. Yes. We come to meet God here in his house. We come to fellowship with God in his house. Amen. Praise the Lord. So we thank God this morning for you that are here today. We thank God for his goodness and mercy, how he kept us driving over the dangerous highway over the weekend. Praise the Lord. I told you what would happen. I drove over 1,100 miles just in two days. And, and I tell you, saying it was a sure enough trek. Praise God. But it was God's goodness that kept me. Praise the Lord. And I thank God that there was no incidents or accident. Praise the Lord. And he brought us safely to and from. And we th- we glad today just to be here this morning. I wasn't feeling well earlier when my leg was hurting and, and so forth. But nevertheless, even I can feel the pain residing. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Yeah. And God is good. Yeah. Praise the Lord. And I thank him for his goodness this morning. Now, last Sunday, we was talking on the subject about Christ's victorious church. Praise the Lord. Last Sunday... We were bringing that out on last Sunday. And one thing we said about the church, what Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church. And he said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I'm glad to know that. Praise God. I'm glad to know that Jesus is building his church. Huh? Praise the Lord. He didn't leave it in the hands of men to do it on their own. Praise God. But Jesus is the architect of his church. He's the one who designed his church. And he said, the gates of hell shall not what? Prevail against it. In other words, it cannot be what? Stopped or defeated. Huh? This is what the Lord is saying here. And the very reason why is because Christ himself is the protector of the church. Huh? How do you know that the Lord is keeping you day and night? Huh? If you're in the church, God is keeping you. You ain't keeping yourself. Praise God. But God is keeping us. Not only the church is being protected by him, how many you know that the church is secured in him? Huh? Your security is in who? Christ. Huh? Praise the Lord. We know we secure our home, don't we? We secure it with a burglar alarm, don't we? Don't you know Christ is our security? Praise the Lord. You ain't got to put no locks on the church, on God's people, because we got freedom, and in the midst of that freedom, we are secure. Not the free to do what we want to do, 
Huh? But freedom to please who? Our Lord and Savior. Y'all hear what I'm saying today? Some folks think they are free to do what they want to do in the church. Not in God's church, you're not. Huh? Praise God. We are free to please Him and to worship Him in the spirit and in what? In truth. Praise God. So when the scriptures said that Christ is the head of the church, huh? Colossians 1 and 18 said he is not only the head of the church, but he's the head of the body, which is the church. Huh? Not only Jesus is the head of the church, but he's also the foundation. Amen. You know, everything that got a head ought to have some feet. <laughs> Am I right? All right. Huh? The foundation, you got some foundation. Mine's a size 8. I think somebody else got a size 14 in here. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Your feet. So the foundation is at the base huh, of the body. You hear what I'm saying? You take either one of those away. huh? It's going to be hard for you to get around and survive. I'm going to write about it. Praise the Lord. So if Jesus is the head and he's the foundation, so we are secure in who? In him. Y'all hear what I'm saying today? And that's why Paul could say this. And you can say it also because the scripture bears it out. First Corinthians 3 and 11 said, For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So why lay another foundation? Praise God. And if you already been built upon a solid foundation. No other foundation you need to lay. Don't you know men's now are laying other foundations? Now that's the church that they built. Not the one that Jesus built. Y'all remember the, the house that Jack built? I'm talking about the church that Jesus built. Huh? Praise the Lord. So you see, Saint, we in a secure and protected institution. Huh? Y'all hear me? And this institution is not made by the hands of man. Hmm? Made by who? The Lord himself. He said, I will build. Huh? My church. Huh? So every saved person, every true believer, you are stone in the building. Not only just a stone in the building, the Bible says you are a living stone. Huh? In the church that Christ is building. According to 1 Peter 2 and 5 says, you also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house. You see, your life ought to be built up on who? Jesus. And what you're building? A spiritual house. For what? For the habitation of who? God. God want to dwell in who? You and me. Huh? But that house got to be what? Spiritual. Y'all hear what I'm saying today? Huh? That's why Jesus said, I will build my church. Let me tell you something. He said, my church. That means the church personally belongs to who? To him. The church personally belongs to Jesus. And did you not know you? Jesus personally belongs to who? You. That's why when you talk to people, you ask them, say, do you know the Lord? Huh? Is he your savior? That's personally. The people don't want you to get personal with him. Huh? Did you not know your relationship with the Lord is, a, is all to be a personal relationship? Yes. yes. Huh? Amen. A personal relationship. Yes. If you are his church, Amen. you are a lively stone in his church, 
You're part of him. And he's a part of you. Yeah. Huh? Amen. Praise the name of God. Praise the Lord. Amen. So Jesus said, I'll build my church. Huh? So the church belongs to him and you belong to him, which is the church. And Christ belongs to who? You. Y'all remember Saul? Saul before he got, he was named was Saul, but we know him as Paul today. Before Saul got saved in his unconverted way and state, he was the arch enemy of the church. Huh? Saul, the arch enemy of the church who came against and opposed the church. Huh? The scripture said he made havoc of the church. Huh? He made havoc of the church entering into the houses of people, hailing them, men and women, off to prison. That's how much he hated the church. Huh? Praise the Lord. You know what Saul did? It's in the book of Acts. In Acts, I think, in the ninth chapter, around about the fourth and fifth verse. You know what Saul did? He went to the high priest. He went to the high priest to get letters of authority to, to take all who were who were found to be in the way. You know, the church was called the way. It was not the way of Judaism, but it was called the way of who? The way of Christ. Y'all hear what I'm saying? The way was found to be in the way. In other words, they were the followers of Christ, huh? And bring them bound to Jerusalem. So he had authority. He was a Gestapo of Judaism. Y'all know what a Gestapo is, don't you? Hitler had what they called the Hitchmans. He called them the Gestapos, huh? They done ran around hauling off the Jews into the trains, right? Huh? Yeah. To be what? Hauled off to be persecuted and put to death. That's what Paul was. Can y'all see Paul hauling the Christians away to be put to death? To stand trial? Huh? Praise the Lord. So when persecution came, it started within his It started within the religion of Judaism. It didn't start with Rome. It started within the religion of Judaism. They persecuted the first Christians in the first church. Huh? Praise the Lord. Because they thought it was something new. It was, it was something new, but it was something old that, was, that Christ brought and they didn't realize who Christ was. Huh? The Bible says going forth has been from old. Praise God. So when, 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 when Paul, when Saul, he was breathing out threatenings, right? And his job and his mind was set on to annihilate the church. But you know what? It took God to stop him. Yeah. He took a higher power to stop him. You hear people claim they have situations and circumstances in their life. And they say, well, it was a higher power that I looked to. And Paul, he ran across that higher power. And that higher power was God himself. Huh? On the road of Damascus. I'm going to write about it. And y'all know what the story is, right? Praise the Lord. You know what the Lord asked him? One question. One question. He asked Paul. He said, Saul, Paul, Saul, Saul. He called his name twice. When the Lord called your name twice, that means what he got to say to you is important. Huh? Why persecutest thou me? Y'all see this? Didn't I say the church belonged to him? And you belonged to him? And Christ belonged to you? Y'all hear what I'm saying? 
Jesus said, why persecuted thou me? Was he persecuting Jesus? Yes, if you, you persecuted the church. Jesus see the church as being him. Amen. Praise God. It belongs to him because he's the one who started it. He's the one who's going to be the, begin, the finisher and the complete of it. Huh? Yes. Praise the Lord. So you see, saints, Saul was stopped on the road of Damascus. So when we look at Jesus as being the what? The head of the church. As well, he's the foundation of the church. He also is that same stone, a foundation stone, that the builders rejected. Who were the builders? The builders were the Jewish nation. The Bible says he came unto his own, and his own received him what? Not. Now, how are you going to build in Judaism if you leave out the foundation? Huh? You can't build in Judaism. I'm talking about the religion. They left Christ out. They rejected him. The Bible said that building, the stone that they rejected was the cornerstone. Huh? Every building sits on a cornerstone. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Acts 4 and 11 said, This is the stone which was set at naught that was rejected of you builders, which is become the head of the corner. Huh? That's in Acts 4 and 11. And that's why the scripture says, Acts 4 and 12 said, Neither is there salvation in any other name given among men, whereby we must be what? Saved. How are you going to tell others about being saved and you not saved and you rejecting the cornerstone? That's what the religious people was trying to do in Jesus' day. They didn't know Christ because they rejected him. Huh? Like people are trying to do today who don't know the Lord and yet rejecting him. Because he's not only what? Because they're not building on the right foundation. Huh? They're not building on the right foundation. See, when you're not building on the right foundation, you're not going to have the right cornerstone. Y'all listen to what I'm saying today. Praise the Lord. So when we look at it architecturally, the cornerstone, though you know anything about building Praise the Lord. They got to have a cornerstone because on the cornerstone, all the walls are lined up with the cornerstone. That's where it rests. In other words, the cornerstone provides stability to any structure. That's where the building rests upon the cornerstone. And that cornerstone would be what? Perfectly set. Because if the cornerstone is like this here, in any type of slight elevation of or whatever, the building gonna be crooked. Amen. And everything you put up gonna be crooked. Amen. Huh? It ain't gonna be straight. Y'all see that? Yeah. Christ is not crooked. Amen. Christ is straight. Yeah. Huh? Christ is straight. And he's the chief cornerstone on which our faith rests upon. Huh? Your faith rests upon the chief cornerstone. When Jesus said, I will build my church, he's the great architect. I'm going to write about it. He's the one who designed the church. Huh? He knows what, what, what's going to be in the church. Huh? He knows how to put it together. He has the plans. He has the blueprint. Huh? That's what the architect has, don't he? He knows how the church is to be built. Am I right? Amen. And you know what he did? He gave that same blueprint to the apostles and the prophets. Huh? According to Ephesians 4 and 20, I mean 2 and 20. 
What does it say? Ephesians 2 and, 2 and 20 talks about what it says. Ephesians 2 and 20. It says, ye are built upon what? The foundation of the apostles, the prophets and the, of the apostles and the prophets. And Jesus Christ being the what? Head and stone and the chief cornerstone. What do Ephesians 2 and 20 say, brother? And are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. You see that? Amen. That's the blueprint. Amen. Huh? They are the builders, the foundation layers, right? But let me tell you something. God used the apostles and the prophets to lay the foundation. But guess what? God got some more workers too that are working on his spiritual building. Go with me to Ephesians 4 and 11. God got some more workers that are working on his spiritual building. Y'all hear me? You know who they are? We have the blueprint. Read it. Ephesians 4 and 11 down to the 13th verse. What does it say? And he gave some apostles. He gave some, not everybody. Everybody can't be no apostle. Amen. And everybody ain't no apostle. Because I say all of them did. Why? Why did God use them? He used them to build the foundation. Huh? Amen. They are not needed anymore. Ain't the Bible complete? Amen. Don't we have all the material that we need? Huh? The foundation is complete. But the walls got to continue to go up. There's got to be some inside work be done. Huh? You got the framers got to come in. Huh? You got the carpenters got to come in. You got the plumbers got to come in. You got the electricians got to come in. I'm talking about the natural builders now. You see what I'm saying? They, they have expertise in those areas. Y'all see what I'm saying? Read on, brother. Here come the plumbers and the carpenters and the, and the electricians and the sheetrock workers. Read on. And some prophets and some evangelists. And some evangelists. And some pastors and teachers. And some pastors and teachers. Who are they? They are the... For the perfecting of the saints. Who are they? They are the apostles and the prophets and the evangelists. We know that the apostles and the prophets, they were... They had the blueprint and they laid the foundation. Because the Bible said we were built upon who? Their foundation. Now who? what is left? The evangelists, the pastors, and who else? And teachers. We got to complete the building. The spiritual building. Huh? We're still working on it, ain't we? We're still working on the inside, right? We're still working on the outside. Y'all see that? God is still what? Using them. Because he gave gifts unto them to, to complete the building. Until we all come into what? The unity of the what? Read that. The unity of the Spirit. For the perfecting of For the perfecting of the what? Saint. Who is perfecting you? The apostles? Is your pastor. You got one. Huh? The evangelists. is the teachers. Why they need to be perfected? For the work of the ministry. For the work of the what? Ministry. Who carrying on the ministry of Christ today? It's the pastors, evangelists, the preachers and teachers. What else? For the edifying of the body of Christ. For edifying the what? 
The body of who? Christ. That's what we're doing. That's our job. See what I'm saying? All right. So we got that squared away, right? So let me give you my subject. I ain't even in my subject yet. I better hurry up here. Listen, our subject today is what is the church? What is the church? A lot of folks don't know what the church is. And they call themselves being in it. Y'all hear me? I said, what is the church? What does the Bible has to say about the church? The word church in the Greek means elkosia. Elkosia. And that word says a called out assembly. Huh? Listen. I told you last week, Israel was the Old Testament assembly in the Old Testament, right? God called them out. Where? Out of Egypt. Egypt represented the world. Huh? He called them out of Egypt to go into the wilderness and be where? And come to the Mount of Sinai that, he, that they may what? Worship him. God called you out, the New Testament church, didn't he? Huh? You and I. God sent Moses down to Egypt. Am I right? And the children of Israel came out. Peter said, we are a peculiar people. Y'all hear what I'm saying? That we should show forth the praises of him who have called you out of darkness into this marvelous light. So God called us out of darkness. Sin represents what? The world. So we've been called out too. And we are the church. Huh? Huh? Praise the Lord. We've been separated from sin. We've been separated from Egypt, from the world. Huh? So what is the church? The answer to the question, what is the church? The scripture presents to us. I'm talking about in the Bible now. I don't want my answer. I don't want your answer. But I want a biblical answer. What is the church? The, that's what it says. Right. That's the meaning of the church. But really what it is, the, 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 the church, the scripture presents to us and describes to us that the church as being the body of Christ. Not only is the body of Christ, but is the people of God. Amen. Huh? Not only is the people of God, but it is the holy temple of the Holy Spirit, Amen. of the Holy Ghost. Amen. It is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Amen. That's what the church is. Huh? Praise the Lord. And these are the three portraits of the church, saint, that is presented to us in the Bible. And it defines to us what the church really is. And today I'm just going to talk about, in short, in short, the first picture of the portrait of the church is known as the people of who? Of God. Go, go with me to our scripture text, 2 Corinthians 6 and 16. 2 Corinthians 6 and 16, and also Deuteronomy 7 and 6. Uh, 2 Corinthians 6 and 16. And hear what it reads. And what agreement have, have the temple of God with idols? And for ye are the temple of the living God, as God have said, I will dwell in them and walk in them and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Y'all hear that? So the church is who? The people of God. 
I'm going to write about it. God said I will dwell in them. God said I will walk in them. God said I will be their God. And they shall be my what? People. Huh? How many of y'all know that in the Old Testament, God chose Israel to be his people? Amen. Huh? Among all the other nations, he chose one nation to be his people. Have Israel stopped being God's people? No. no. Huh? Now go with me to Deuteronomy. In the book of Deuteronomy. God chose Israel to be his people, but guess what? He had us in mind too. He chose us to be his people. Huh? Uh-huh. Israel didn't know it. Ain't that good? Israel didn't know it. Huh? That's why Paul talked about the mystery of his will. Huh? In the book of Ephesians. That Jews and Gentiles gonna be both fellow heirs in the same body. Talk about in the church. What does it say, brother? I'm talking about Deuteronomy uh, 7, chapter, verse 6 through 8. Deuteronomy 7, chapter, verse 6 through 8. Talking about Israel. See, Israel thought they were exclusive. Huh? By God. They were for a while in their thinking, but not in God's. Hmm? Mm-hmm. They thought they were the only one. That of Abraham's seed. Even they brought it up with Jesus when Jesus was trying to correct them and let them know if you was Abraham's seed, you don't do the works of Abraham. Now, what you trying to do to me, Abraham didn't just try to do. Amen. Huh? Amen. Just like it is today. A lot of folks won't claim to be a child of God. So they won't say God is being a father and all that. And they doing the works of their other daddy. Of their real daddy, me. Not the other daddy. They got but one. Either God or even the devil. Huh? So the works of your daddy, that's what you're going to do. What does Deuteronomy say? For thou art an holy people. God said you are holy people. Now wait a minute now. God said you are holy people. Were they holy? But in God's eye they will be. Read on. Unto the Lord thy God. Unto the Lord thy God. The Lord thy God have chosen thee. Wait a minute now. God did what? God chose them. They didn't choose God. Huh? They were pagan people when he called them. Amen. Right? Amen. You was in your sin when he called you. Yeah, you didn't choose God. Amen. God chose you. He found you. You weren't looking for God. Amen. God came where you were. Uh-huh. Found you in your sin. Amen. And convicted you of your sin. Amen. And made a call to you to repent. And you saw yourself for the very first time as a sinner. You know what? A sinner got to see himself that he's a sinner. And that's what the gospel do. It shows you who you are. What does it say, brother? Have chosen thee to be a special people. God said, I chose you to be a special people. Read on. Unto himself. Unto who? Himself. Nobody else. I'm not going to share you with nobody else. That's why you don't need no other gods before me. See? The church is God's people. What else to say? God said, I'm a jealous God. Uh, above all people that are upon the face of the earth. Above all people upon the face of the earth. The Lord did not set his love upon you, nor choose you, because you were more in number. You hear what the God said? God said, I didn't love you because you were mighty. I didn't love you because you were a mighty populated nation. 
I didn't put my show you my love, manifest my love to you because of all of that, because of some in your your intrinsic value. You know what I'm saying? What else you say? For you were the fewest of all people. But you were the fewest of all people. God could have chosen any other nation other than Israel, but He set His love to show His love to them. Read on. Then I want you to see yourself in this too. Read on, brother. But because the Lord loved you. Because He loved you. Based on what? Read on. And because He would keep the oath which He had sworn. Based on His promise, on His oath that He swore to His father, Israel father, who was Abraham. His covenant that he made with Abraham. What else? Have the Lord brought you out. Brought you out. With a mighty hand. Remember God told Abraham that he was going to send them down there to Egypt. They're going to be there for 400 years. And God was going to deliver them. God kept his word, didn't he? He's a God keeping, covenant keeping God. He's God who's never reneged on his promises. Huh? He proved himself. And he fulfilled what he said he was going to do. Huh? Read on. And redeem you out of the house of bondage from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. That's what God did, didn't he? God did it. God told Israel, as God have said, I will dwell in them and I will what? Walk in them. Huh? That's what God said, didn't he? And I will be their God and they shall be my people. Now we know the trouble that God, that Israel gave God during the time of the wilderness, don't we? We saw all the trouble that they caused God, right? But they never stopped being his what? People. They were his people. And although they did not want to go into the promised land, what happened? They all died in the wilderness. But God still had a people in Caleb and Joshua. And the children that was under 20 years of age. He still had a people. He had their seed. Huh? That rebellious group died on. Died off and died on. Died off and went off the scene. Didn't they? So they still were God's people. He had to get rid of the, the, the rebels. Huh? 40 years. They were in the wilderness. And all they did is had funerals. Think about it. Can you imagine four or five million people in 40 years? When they came out of Egypt, it was in the millions. In 40 years, how many babies people can have in 40 years? Whole bunch. Because they live over 100 something years old. Huh? So it could have been about 50 million people died in the wilderness. We don't know the number. Thank God we don't know the number. But God saved the children. God brought the children into the promised land. What they, what he promised their mamas and daddies and their uncles and and, 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 and aunties, they all died. Hmm? They didn't receive the promise. They didn't live to see it. But the children did. Yes. Huh? And they went in under the leadership of Joshua. Even Paul Moses, he fell. Well, I ain't say he fell, but he didn't go into the promised land. Huh? He died on Mount Nebo. But God gave Moses a glimpse where he could go and look at the promised land. See, Moses? 
Look what you missed. Because you did not sanctify me before my people. You said, shall we fetch you water out of these rocks, you rebels? He did not sanctify God before the people. You hear what I'm saying? You don't dishonor God like that. Shall we, like you doing it? No, God just gave you a command what you to do. And you don't act like it's you the one doing it for Israel because you're mad at him. He did it in the wrong spirit. You see, saying you can do stuff in the wrong spirit and lose out with God. Y'all hear me? You can do stuff in the wrong spirit and lose out with God. Moses lost out on the promised land. He didn't lose his salvation, but he lost out in going to the promised land. That's what he was working toward. To bring the children of Israel to the promised land. Don't let folks get on your nerves so bad when they cause you to lose out on the blessings of God. Y'all hear me? And that's what happened to Moses. He was me up to that point. <laughs> huh? He was the meekest man that ever lived. Wait a minute now. It seemed like God should have went on and let him go on in. But no. Moses failed the test. Praise God. He had to stay behind. All right. So we see, saying, Old Testament, God chose Israel to be his people, but he also had who? You and I in mind, didn't he? Yeah, I'm going to tell you where he had us in mind. Give me St. John 15 and 16. St. John 15 and 16. Hear what Jesus said to his disciples. Somebody give me Ephesians 1 and 4. We was in God's mind way before beginning of time, way before the foundation of the world. Huh? Reread what it says in uh, St. John 15 and 16 and Ephesians 1 and 4. What does it say? Ye have not chosen me. The Lord told this to his disciples, didn't he? But I have chosen, but I have chosen you. You didn't choose me. I knew what you were. I came by the seashore. I knew you were going to be there fishing. And I came there and said to you, follow me. I knew what you were going to do when I said to you, follow me. Huh? You dropped your nets. You left your daddy with the business to run the business by himself. Talking about John and uh, his brother. What John other brother name? Andrew? No, not Andrew. John and his brother. What John had a brother? Who were fishermen. They left the net. Peter and Andrew. All right, they were brothers. All right, and ordained you. God said, "I ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit. That you should go and bring forth fruit. And that your fruit should remain. That whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, He may give it you." So God had us in mind, didn't He? Mm -hmm. All of us in mind. So we got a work cut out for us, right? Amen. What does uh, Ephesians one and four say? When did he choose us? Somebody said, when did God choose me? I didn't know that God had chose me. But if he called you to salvation, that means he chose you. Bible said, many are called, but few are what? Chosen. So a lot of folks are called to salvation. The general call goes out. And many of them rejects it. That means they ain't been chosen. But those that have been chosen are those who obey the call. Y'all see that? Those have been chosen are those who obey the call. 
The Bible says he came unto his own, and his own what? Received him not. They rejected him. But the scripture says that many, he said, but the Bible said, but in many as though they received him, to them he gave power to become the sons of God. You know, to become a son of God, you are the people of God. Huh? And to them they believe on his name. That's the St. John 1 and what? 1 and uh, 12, I believe. Read on, brother. According as he have chosen us. He chosen us when? In him. In him. In Christ. When we were chosen in Christ. Before the foundation of the world. Wait a minute now. You were chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world? I wasn't there then. How God going to choose me and I ain't on the scene? Ain't he the God who called those things that are not? As though they what? Were. He's a God who calls those things into being as though that are not as though they what? Were in God. God makes a statement of decree. It's going to be as he decreed it. Amen. I'm just telling like it is. Amen. I believe that. Amen. Huh? Amen. Now I make it make, I might, I might can make a statement. Huh? It won't be like it is. Because there's a lot of things can what? Keep me from fulfilling what I said. I can get sick. I can die or whatever. Amen. But God lives on throughout all eternity. Huh? Nothing going to hinder him from fulfilling what he promised. Amen. I told you about the church, didn't I? Nothing going to stop it. Nothing going to prevail against it because God decreed it its existence. Huh? He decreed its existence and its sustainability. Huh? Because God is upholding all things by his own power. Huh? Amen. He's sustaining it by his own power. You hear what I'm saying today? Praise the Lord. Brother, you two reading that? No, Read the rest of it. That we should be holy and without blame before him in love. That we should be what? Holy without blame before him how? In love. And so let's go back to Israel. You hear what it said? God promised to dwell in his people. Huh? Mm-hmm. When was that promise made to dwell in his people? You know, God dwelled in the tabernacle, didn't he? He dwelled among the servants in the Holy of Holies, didn't he? Oh, he dwelt among them, but he promised to dwell in them. This going to happen. Go with me to the book of, book of uh, Ezekiel, 36th chapter, verse 25 through 28. Somebody give me Jeremiah. The 32nd chapter, verses 38 through 40. How was God is going to dwell with his people instead of dwell among them? He want to be in them. Huh? All right. Who got Ezekiel 36 chapter, verse 25 and 28? Read that for us right, right quick. Taking y'all that long, it's in the Old Testament. 36 and 25. 36 and 25. Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you, and ye shall be clean. From all your filthiness and from all your idols will I cleanse you. You see, Israel was a rebellious, uh, uh, idolatrous, going after, whoring after other nations, right? God said, I'm going to sprinkle clean water on you. You know, God is just telling them the clean water he won't sprinkle on them. What God was going to do, he won't cause them to be born again. Huh? God said, I'm going to sprinkle clean water on you. Baptism. They're talking about baptism. Amen. Huh? Not just water baptism, 
but spirit baptism. When, when, when Jesus told Nicodemus, he said, that must be what? Born again. Very, very, I say, you must be born again. He wasn't talking about just water baptism. He was talking about spiritual baptism. Amen. But we use it as water baptism. You clean now. You go down as a wet devil and come back up. as Come down as a dry devil and come back up as a wet devil. You ain't repenting of nothing. Huh? You going back doing the same stuff you used to do. That's what a lot of folks do. Because they get the false impression, huh? That they've been their sins been washed away. But never really truly repented. Amen. Y'all hear what I'm saying? They need to be told what it means to repent. Repent means a change of mind and change of heart about the life you're living. The sinful life that you're living. But the water baptism is a symbol of an outward showing of your sincere heart's desire. Uh, that a change has occurred in you. Uh, a conviction has occurred in you. That I'm convicted of my sin. I don't want to die in my sin. So I'm going to do the necessary step it takes to do what? To turn from sin and turn to Christ by faith. Amen. Repentance is a twofold thing. It's a twofold turning. It's a turning from and a turning to. Amen. A lot of folks turn from, but they never turn to. Huh? But they can't, they can't stay long of turning from sin because they go back around in the same areas they go back in and get caught up again. Why? Because they didn't turn to the one who's going to give them the what? The baptism of the Spirit. And that's what John the Baptist said, didn't he? He said, he shall baptize you with what? With fire and with the Holy Ghost. Fire to those who reject the, reject the, the, the preaching of the gospel and the Holy Ghost to those who receive it. Huh? The Bible says in the book of Acts that them that believed on him, to them he gave the Holy Ghost too. Huh? Those who believe, you get the Holy Ghost. The reason why folks ain't got the Holy Ghost because they don't believe. Who gives it? Jesus. You got to believe on the one who gives it. He told his disciples that he's going to give them another comforter, the spirit of truth. But come, and he's going to teach you and lead you and guide you into all truth. That's what he said, didn't he? Yes. Praise the Lord. Amen. If he's the giver of it, then that's why you have to tell, ask people, how's your relationship with the Lord? Because mm -hmm. when you ask them how's their relationship with the Lord, that, that includes the Holy Ghost. That includes the Spirit of God. Because the Spirit of God is going to take what God has shown them, what God has said in his word, and show unto them. Whatever the Lord had told, told, told his disciples, the Spirit of God took it and, and, and showed it to them. All right, where, where's I'm at, brother? Where, you still reading? Read, finish reading. Let's see. I'm read you two reading Ezekiel 30 and what? 36, 20, 25th to the 28th verse. You two reading that? Finish reading that. So we got to go to Jeremiah. Somebody give me Jeremiah 32, 38 through 40. Read on. A new heart also. A new what? Heart. Read on. Let me let you finish. Will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. That's talking about regeneration. That's talking about being born again. 
Y'all see that? That's what they're talking about. That happened on the day of Pentecost. Huh? And even before. Y'all hear what I'm saying? They're talking about being born again, being regenerated. That's what Jesus was telling Nicodemus. Get a new heart. Get a new spirit. Y'all see that? That's how you're saved. That's how you're saved. Titus talking about it. By the washing of water and the regeneration of the word. That's salvation. We're saved by that. Go, go with me to stay where you're at, but somebody give me Titus. I think Titus uh, 3 and 5 or 2 and 5. Titus 2 and 5. What does it say? Or 3 and 5. Titus 2 and 5 or 3 and 5. Talking about washing of the water by regeneration of the word. That's what the Jesus was telling Nicodemus. We misinterpret that scripture. Messed up a lot of folks. 3 and 5 says, not by works of righteousness. Not by your works of righteousness. We tell you, do this, do that. You ain't got no righteousness to do nothing right. It ain't in you to do what's right. It ain't in the sinner to do what's right. Why you gonna tell him to do something that he can't not do? Amen. Not read, read on, sister. Which we have done. Which we have done. But according to his mercy, he saved us. According to his mercy, he done what? Saved he saved us. How? By the washing of. By the by means how? Huh? By what? The washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. That's how. That's how. You say. That's how you're going to be kept. Back to Ezekiel. Finish reading that up. Uh, and I will put my spirit within you. His spirit within them. That's how he's going to dwell in them. That's the promise. He made that promise, didn't he? That's how he's going to walk in them. That's the promise. Read on. And cause you to walk in my And cause you to do what? They were not walking in his statutes. Huh? They didn't have the ability to do it. They didn't have the capacity to do it. Because it was in the flesh. They had the letter. They had the rules of the law. But they could not keep it. Because they didn't have it by the spirit. Huh? Praise God. Y'all see that? People like that today. They may have, they know the Bible. They can quote it, but if they don't have the spirit, they can't obey it. Right. Read on. And you shall keep my judgments. You shall keep my judgments. And do them. And do them. God says, you're going you gonna to be able to do it now. Because I'm going to make a new covenant. You finished? Yes, sir. We'll All right. Go to Jeremiah 32, 38 and 40. Jeremiah says the same thing. Jeremiah 32 and 38 and 40. He says the same thing. And they shall be my people. And they shall be my who? People. My people. And I will be their God. And I will be their God. Talking about Israel. And I will give them one heart. God said, I'm going to give them one heart. And huh? one way. And one way. Whatever. That they may fear me. That they may what? Fear me. Forever. Forever. Whatever. The good of them. And of their children after them. And their children after them. This God. God ain't abandoning his people. What else he said? That's verse 40. And I will make an everlasting covenant. Uh, what kind of covenant? Everlasting. 
an everlasting covenant, a covenant that will never end, that never will be broken. Huh? That I will not turn away from them. He will not turn away from them. This is God speaking to his people. What else? To do them good. To do them what? Good. good. What else? But I will put my fear in their hearts. But I put my fear in their hearts. You know why folks were acting up and cutting the food? They don't have the fear of the Lord. Yeah. Amen. Huh? Amen. Read on. That they shall not depart from me. They shall not depart from me. If you are saved, you ain't going to depart from the Lord. Amen. That's an indication that you ain't saved if you depart. Can't y'all see that? Y'all see that? Amen. The Bible talking about a lot of times some shall depart from the what? The faith. That means they ain't saved. Those that leave. When I say the faith, I ain't talking about our organization. Some folks feel if you go to another organization, you ain't saved. Another church, you ain't saved. They ain't talking about that. They're talking about depart from the truth of Scripture. Yeah. What the Bible say. Huh? That's what I'm talking about. That's what the Bible talking about. Huh? Mm -hmm. What else did it say? That you in the 40th verse? Yes, sir, that was it. That was the 40th verse. All right. Listen, saying He promised to do what? To walk in them. And he also promised that he would be what? Their what? Their God, right? Huh? Yes. This one said, They shall be. I will be their God and they shall be my what? My people. In other words, they belong to him and he belongs to them. Huh? Yes. And we shall be his what? People. Y'all see that? That's what God said. Now I'm going to conclude. I'm going to conclude with this scripture here. Give me Hebrews 8, 10, and 13. Hebrews 8 chapter, verse 10 through 13. You see the new covenant that God made with the house of Israel. That new covenant with Jesus Christ yes. who died on the cross. Yes. It was based on a better promise Amen. because of his shed blood. The covenant that Jesus made, it was an everlasting covenant. It fulfilled the Abrahamic covenant. When he said all the families of the earth are going to be blessed. How? Through Jesus Christ. Provided they accept Jesus Christ as the only atonement for sin. Read what, read up. Uh, read up. Uh, Hebrews. Hebrews 8, 10. Listen what's that. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts. And I will be to them a God and they shall be to me a people. Y'all see that? Uh -huh. Under the Old Testament, didn't have the law written in their heart. Didn't have the law written in their minds. But in the New Testament daytime, you got to get the law of God written in your heart. That's why the sinner can't. That's why the sinner can't uh, do what's right because the law is not in his heart. And if you're not careful, you don't get it in you. You gonna be right there with the sinner. Y'all hear what I'm saying? That's why David understood the secret to walking with God is that word have I what hid in my heart that I may not sin against thee. That's what keeps you from sinning against the Lord. You continue to sin against the Lord because you don't have a right relationship with him and you don't have the fear of God. You see, if you got the word of God in you, 
And the Spirit of God is going to bring it back to say, what you've been to do is wrong. Amen. You see what I'm saying? You grieve the Holy Ghost. You keep grieving the Holy Ghost, then after a while, he's going to vacate the seat. Huh? God is not going to dwell in an unclean place. Amen. Did not God one time vacate the temple? He did. He vacated the temple because of the nation of Israel kept on sinning. Read on, brother. And they shall not teach every man his neighbor. Nobody got to teach you about who God is. Because, read on. And every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me from the least to the greatest. Now, see, that's how you're going to know who God is. God going to teach you. But you need to go into the Word to see who He is. Or what He is, right? Read on, brother. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness, and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. Because they don't repent it, and God don't put it under the blood. It's under the blood, right? See, if you say you don't repent it, and it's under the blood, God is not going to remember your sins no more. Right? God has given us a space to repent. God had given Israel space to repent too. Read on. In that he said, a new covenant. He hath made the first old. Now, now that which decayeth and waxeth old is ready to vanish away. Ready to vanish away. So the old covenant, he, he takes it out of the way and bring the new covenant. And that new covenant is based upon the shed blood of Jesus Christ for your sins. It's an everlasting covenant. So we thank God for you today. We hope that something was said to encourage your heart. Saints, we thank God for the word. So we gave you the first portrait. I gave you the first picture about the church. The church is the people of God, right? All right, next week we're going to talk about the church being the body of Christ. Okay? Praise God. Stay tuned. God bless you. God keep you. Thanks, Pastor Strickland, for another amazing message. Make sure to join us next week for an all-new episode of the Lighthouse Victory Temple Church Podcast. Until then, remember, encounter Jesus, echo hope, and dwell in love.